Welcome to the Meta Weekly, where we cover all the latest news in esports. I'm J.A. Pinrose. Pete. And welcome to the show. So, Ms. Penrose, what do we have on tap for today? Well, we actually have quite a packed show. There's a lot been happening with League of Legends. Um, the Pro League's begun for CSGO. Overwatch is continuing in Stage 2, and there are some other fun Blizzard eSport happenings going on. There's also been some interesting controversies and uh, cells. Yeah, we have a lot to cover. Well, yeah. So, starting with the biggest, juiciest news of recent eSports events, uh, Houston Rockets have agreed to sell their majority stake and Clutch Gaming, their franchise for the North American League of Legends Championship Series, for $20 million to HBSE, which is the parent company of the Philadelphia 76ers, and more importantly to us, Team Dignitas, one of the oldest and more storied franchises of not only League, but also esports in general. They've... Uh, it's, there, there's a whole mess of business things uh, that's going to happen. Their, their share is going for like $20 million, which is just a little over what I think uh, Clutch Gaming paid initially to get into the LCS. But it's pretty interesting because Clutch has had, like a, let's say, a downwards trajectory in League of Legends, so I can understand why they're selling, so to recoup their investment, and it's like, okay, well, it's one of those, we'll see what happens as it goes. Uh, also, very importantly to mention, uh, because of the sale, Plush has also agreed to rebrand to Dignitas, uh, an unspecified date later in the year. So probably after the season is done, so around October, Clutch will transition fully to becoming Dignitas. Dignitas will be back into the LCS for the first time in two years. And that may end up benefiting the team in the long run, considering the storied history of Dignitas as a brand yeah. in the esports world. Yeah, they're going to be, uh, let's say they're going to know how to run things better. Uh, for people that do follow esports, there is a famed esports journalist, uh, Duncan Thorin Shields. I, I pretty much agree with what he says. Uh, it's uh, mismanagement and cockiness, you know, plenty to work on. So, well, it's going to be interesting. And yeah. after that, we do have some very interesting, also concerning ownership, some very interesting controversy out of the CSGO scene. Oh, tell me more. Well, there is this really big team, which you may have not or may not have heard of, uh, Astralis, uh, arguably the best team 
that is playing the game today of three majors under the belts of billion other tournaments uh, if not the best team today maybe the best team ever there is a bait there they're owned by this company called Refresh Entertainment which also owns uh, Origin from League of Legends but they also own this tournament circuit which is called the Last Pro Series hmm. which has caused some controversy understandably because they are all of these all of the Blast Pro Series tournaments have had the participation of Astralis and the tournament organizer having a team they own tournament let's say it's a little bit sketchy doesn't it's not a good look and so far as we, yeah it's not really a good look uh, we don't really have uh, like a lot of proofs they've done anything sketchy it's more of like question of optics you know like how something looks because on one side we know that the Stralis is going to perform well in a tournament being a favor or not because they're a really good team on the other hand didn't look good well it'll be interesting to see how that turns out and if there will be another sale soon of a uh, tournament this time yeah, this is going to be... <laughs> we'll keep you posted. Uh, uh, and then in more uh, exciting news, or bright news, we uh, starting next weekend on April 24th, the Hearthstone World Championships will be happening in Chinese Taipei, more commonly known as Taiwan. Yes. Now, uh, this is divided into a four-day event you have two days of group stages then deciders and eliminations and then that is followed by the quarterfinals semifinals and finals all in one day it'll be interesting i am very excited for that i always love watching a good match of hearthstone so tune in april 24th and next week we will have the scores and results of that to you, and who takes home the $250,000 grand prize. The total prize pool is a million dollars, so everybody who competes will still be taking home a pretty decent sum. And in other... Oh, oh, yes. Oh, yeah, very important to mention, do log into Hearthstone, because if you log into Hearthstone, um... While the tournament is happening, you get to pick one of the players that is participating. Oh yes! And if you if that player wins, you will get what I can only describe as a absurd amount of packs in game. It's a great way to root for your favorite Hearthstone player, or if you're new to Hearthstone, a great way to get involved and learn about the game and the sport of it while watching these finals. They will be airing at these um, 7 p.m. and through 7 a.m. Pacific uh, starting April 24th. So tune in. In other Blizzard yeah. esports news, the Mythic Dungeon Invitational has is in full swing. For those who don't know, the Mythic Dungeon Invitational is the it, the Mythic 
Dungeon Invitational is an interesting type of esport because it takes PVE or player versus everyone content and turns it into a competition. So two teams compete against each other to see who can defeat a mythic dungeon fastest. Now, right now in the standings, Method EU is in the lead in the West, followed by Method NA and Abra Kidabra. And in the East, you have Team D, ranked number one, followed by Battle for Champion and a company. Uh, but there are several cups that will still be ongoing. There, uh, this past week, you had Eastern Cup number two, day one and two. And then Next weekend on Saturday and Sunday will be Western Cup number three. So if you're interested in World of Warcraft esports, I highly recommend checking those out. Now, I, th- uh, I think that's pretty much it for headlines, no? Yeah, so shall we dive into some Overwatch? Yes, into the nitty-gritty. Uh, we've been having uh, stage two. That's it. We are, we just concluded today, I believe, week two? Week three, actually. We are, today yeah, was the end of mud. week three. Yeah, time flies. Yes. Time flies. So we have three, three. Uh, I think we, we should, this news out of the uh, stage two, week three, uh, and, and over the past few weeks, we've had uh, Paris is now in the rotation, the newest map. We now we also changed changed up a few of the maps in the pro rotation. Uh, I think the most, personally to me the most exciting change is that the three three meta is slowly starting to go away. It definitely uh, is. Teams are starting to lean back more into DPS. In fact, I believe at one point in week two, there was a 3 DPS run. So, three DPS, one tank, two heals, which, considering where the meta was, that's pretty awesome. And this has been seen quite a bit by the teams that are actually leading stage two. Right now in stage two, Los Angeles Gladiators, the San Francisco Shock, Vancouver Titans are all undefeated. So is the London Spitfire, uh, though they have played fewer games so far this stage. New York is standing at a ranking of five to one, so still pretty good. And San Francisco is dominating in terms of map differential with a plus 20. They Their map win-loss yeah. tie ratio is 20 to 0. So, and they're one of the teams that's been breaking the 3-3 meta the most and have uh, really kind of challenged some of the more dominant 3-3 teams by entering a lot of deviations and really are at the forefront of changing the meta and using Baptiste more. It's been very exciting to see how the new patch has changed a lot of things. Uh, I watched, uh, I think it was the Gladiators on Thursday. Mm-hmm. They were they ran a comp, which I don't even remember what the rest of the comp was, but they were playing Control on... Paris. I think it was Paris 
So oh, was they ran that, a comp, which was that the in mayhem? hindsight was so smart. Was that the Mayhem match? Yeah, against Mayhem. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah I remember. So yeah. They ran those are, I do recommend checking this match out because it was pretty fun to watch. Gladiators, even though I am personally a Valiant fan, Gladiators have been killing it this season. And this match, so we had Sherford, which stand out for the Gladiators this season, on Bastion. And while defending the point, Sherford went into the tank mode. No, that's Volt. Uh, the turret mode for Bastion. And with the help of the, the Baptistolt and the Annals, uh. I think the only possible explanation or description for this is called so much damage, it should be illegal. Which really, it was like, I felt sorry for the mayhem. That is a killer combination right there. Anna, Baptiste, yeah. Bastion, just... If, if you want to freak out people in your home games, definitely run that combination because you will be racking up kill streak. It's really fun. Baptiste uh, has been, I think, uh, I, I initially thought he was going to, I was just going to enable more the 3 3 meta more, but no, it's been pretty fun to watch him. I, I think the survivability he allows with the immortality field gives teams more leeway with playing DPS characters because you don't necessarily have to worry about taking Dying. as much damage. Yes, because you have that guaranteed little bit of health. You can do more with that than you can necessarily constantly having three tanks that only one can do a ton of damage, for example. Yeah, it's... Hopefully by the end of stage three, the three three will be the stage two. The three three will be completely dead. I'm sure we'll still see it a little bit, but it'll be nice to see a wider variety of characters being played. Yeah, I believe yeah, that's pretty much it for Overwatch. Uh, I do recommend watching the the Mayhem versus Gladiators game. Any any games you want to highlight? You know, this week I just I want to say go watch, go watch Los Angeles Valiant get their second win, <laughs> because why not? Oh, team! Yeah, they they really uh, it's 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 they needed that. Sorry, Washington Justice fans, but the Valiant really needed that. Uh, the, worth noting uh, this upcoming week. Dallas will be having the Dallas homestand, which they will. they will be playing instead of the Overwatch studios in Los Angeles. They will be actually playing home games in Dallas. That has the test for the geolocation thing they're going to do next year. Uh, yeah, the Dallas homestand hosted by the Dallas oh. Fuel in North Texas, Allen, Texas. So if you are in the Allen, Texas area, go to the Allen Event Center, and you can watch and root for your home team. They'll be worth joining that it is. So Mm -hmm. check that out. So worth checking out. Yeah, and um, a very brief mention, uh, the Pro Leagues for CSGO have started, both the ESL, which is the more traditional league, and ACS, which is like the 
alternate league. There's a whole we can do a whole episode where there's a two different pro leagues, but and we probably will at some point. We yeah, Uh, they have started. uh, Matches have been pretty much as expected, and like who's going to do well is doing well. Who's the middle of the pack is still the middle of the pack. No really major surprises. I think uh, worth noting that the. Navi lineup have been having some pretty interesting games over on Europe. Over, other than that, not much. You know, it's because it's it's like week two. Not much to you know watch, see, define. But stay tuned as things will heat yeah, up. Stay tuned. Yeah. Uh, Dota. We had the ESL one Mumbai today. Uh, won by King Game. This is officially a minor tournament, so it's not in the Dota Pro Circuit, so you don't earn DPC points to qualify for the international. But it's still like a little bit of a pre... It was good because it was a preview for the major tournament, which very excited about this. It's going to happen in Disneyland Paris, uh, May 30th. Sorry, May 3rd. So... Keep tuned uh, for the major, which starts two weeks' time. And I think we can start with the meaty, juicy part of the podcast yeah. with League of Legends. Finals. So, yeah. So we had pretty much everyone, all of the all of the major and minor regions had their finals. So spring split is over. Uh, we had some very interesting Finals, uh, I think we can start with the biggest and most exciting, which was the LEC Europe. So, also I the, knew this was also be, probably the fastest. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I knew this was going to be an interesting match to watch because it was two teams and I expected G2 to win. Did you expect them to win the way they won? I don't think anyone expected them to win. In it, it, to be blunt, they smashed Origin. It was like there's a whole lot to talk about there. They won. They broke two records. The um, game three was the fastest game of League of Legends in all of the European history. So at 18 minutes and 42 seconds was all it took for them to win the game. And coincidentally, it was the fastest finals of European history. So it was, you watch the game, like you get where I'm going at. Like it was, what do we even say about this team? It was kind of, I mean, Origin is good. They're a good team, but they were made to look almost like G2 made them look like amateurs practically. It was, and and they picked like the weirdest combinations of heroes where you're like, how? No, that's not going to work. Like, no, 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 no. Okay, Origin will take this one. And then, nope. Yeah. So, for those of you that didn't watch the finals for the LC, Please First, go watch go them. watch it because it was very entertaining. Yeah. And second, uh, it was a, how do we say this? It was a succession of cheese by G2. 
It was trolling. I didn't believe. So, yeah, it was trolling. They were they were like having fun. It was like a solo queue game on one of the biggest stages there is. On the current meta, there's a. It's not like too much cheese because there's a lot of playing probably, but um, in the bot lane, instead of playing the traditional carry and support, you're you're playing two supports with Sonateric. It's a very obnoxious combo to play against. So they ran game one. They ran a cheese. They won. It, it was the longest game of the series. Just not saying much. Game two, they 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 try to and. I kid you not, if you listen to the voice comps, because G2 Esports, they release, after every match, they release a voice comps episode, which is basically what the players are seeing during the match. If you listen to that, it's uh, Luka Perkovich, I'm not sure if I'm saying that right, famously known as Perks, a star AD carry for G2. He said, there is no effing way I'm playing support again. And basically, just because of that, they thought the, the, the they thought, how can we out cheese the cheese? And they out cheese the cheese by going with last year's cheese, which was the funnel cop. So, oh, that was for those of you that don't know, the funnel cop is a strategy where the jungler will play a support hero, essentially, literally funnel all of the XP and gold from jungle camps into the mid laner, which worked for a while before Riot nerfed it to hell and back. But I think only a team like G2 could have possibly brought back last year's cheese to go against this year's cheese. I don't... It, it, it was, I don't know what to say anymore about G2. It, it, it will leave you speechless, honestly, just at how it's even possible. I mean, this this is the highest level of league and you know, they're they're doing they're doing like troll picks and it's still they're they're still winning. Yeah. <laughs> it's just rich. Wow. Which makes me really excited for the MSI tournament, which we'll, we will be getting into a little bit later. First, we have to cover the other regions, but it's going to be like, <laughs> like, what do you even do? So, in two less unbelievable regions, we had the finals for the LCS North America, which TS, Team Liquid reverse swept TSM 3-2. Uh, I'm going to say this was a, a pretty exciting series up to Game 4. I think Game 4 is definitely the highlight of the series. Game 5 was just bleh. It, it wasn't really pretty to watch, but you know, mostly an exciting series. Um, it was the two expected teams that everyone had to, in the finals. Uh, Not everyone. Team Liquid and TSM. <laughs> I mean... Yeah, I mean, some people put Cloud9. Me. Me. But, I put Cloud9. Yeah, so, I mean, sometimes, you know, things don't go according to plan. It was the two best, um, as much as it hurts to say, the two best teams 
of the split played against each other game the series went as expected so in Korea we had the we say goodbye to SKT Team 1 the fabled and historic franchise is now rebranding to just T1 because a month ago they've they made a deal with Comcast and now the, the other, it's a joint ownership group between Comcast and the parent company for SKT and they've decided to rebrand so it's the last year under the the most uh, historic brand in League of Legends history which is pretty sad to see them go but all the players are going to be there Baker, the God King the unkillable demon of the mid lane still going to be playing for T1 now so and they won 3-0 Against Griffin, the I call them not the underdogs, but the fan darlings. You know, like the popular team, the, the team that everyone says, "Oh, I, I totally cheer for Griffin." You know, because they had a pretty dominant season. They slip slided at the end of it, and to just wrap it up today, and a unbelievably too early in the morning. Uh, IG, which is short for Invictus Gaming, the defending world champions, sadly 3-0'd the Cinderella story of JDG Gaming, which no one expected to even make playoffs, let alone reach the finals. It's a pretty exciting series, even for 3-0, but you know. And with that, uh, and with China uh, wrapping up their season today, we have all the teams set for the mid-season Invitational tournament of 2019 for those of you that don't know the mid-season invitational tournament is a team is a tournament promoted by riot games in between the spring and summer splits in which the winners of every region uh, be them major or minor they will compete in a mixed format tournament which will include a group and later a knockout stage. It's basically like a preview for Worlds. You know, it's like a smaller version of Worlds. We start to see who's gonna, who's really going to do well internationally, if they're just going to do well domestically. Uh, so for, qualified for the tournament this year, we've had from formal, from notable teams from the international scene, from the minor regions we have, 1907 Fenerbahce, Turkey, Longwood Buffalo from Vietnam, uh, the uh, detonation focused me from Japan, uh, the other regions. Like I don't really know personally the other teams, so I can't really say if they're gonna do well or not. And more excitingly, which is usually the people, the only people who do well in these tournaments, <laughs> sad to say, we had Flash Flash Wolves from the LMS, which is the region that involves Taiwan, Hong Kong, and Macau. Uh, Team Liquid from North America, SKT Telecom 1 from Korea, G2 from Europe, and defending world champions Invictus Gaming from China. So, Justine, how do you think all of these teams, be them from minor play-in regions or major main event regions, are going to do against G2? I mean... I, I know how I think and how I want. I I want a minor league team to just surprisingly beat G two. 
I, I don't think that's necessarily going to happen unless there's some, unless there's a troll who can out troll the trolls. So yeah. I'm pretty inclined to G2 being the new title holder, at least for the um, mid season. So I, I will agree with you. I think G2 coming into this tournament is the strongest team um, from an, both from an analytical and a fan perspective. They, I think their, their macro game is pretty strong. Their uh, map awareness is, is unbelievable. Uh, their plays, it's like even though they're, they are a very aggressive team, Plays are always like thought out plays, so it's not like they're oh I'm gonna just jump in. So and and it's it's a team where players are individually talented, but play well as a team. So I think in all aspects they're the best in all the possible aspects. I think I, I I'm not sure how Invictus Gaming is gonna do against them because they did have like a little bit of a. I'm not gonna say shaky start to their split, but you know they didn't look too much to form of the people who won the world championship. Mm-hmm. And SKT did look pretty good through their split, uh, even in the finals, because it's not that historical lineup of Benji, Marin, Faker, mm-hmm. and all those guys. I'm not really sure how they're going to do internationally. I do think they have the best chance to win against you, too. Uh, it's like kind of like hopping between two foots. Uh, I do think the finals are going to be G2 versus SKT. The question is going to be what's going to be the map differential. If it's going to be 3-0, 3-1, 3-2, mm-hmm. guess we're going to have to wait for the tournament to start. Definitely. I, I think this is going to come down to who has the best team dynamic and right now i am inclined to say that that is g2 yeah i'm also inclined to say while like i said skt does have the best chance their team dynamics are pretty good g2 as a team has been together for a lot longer than the current skt lineup so i mean we're gonna have to wait and see the tournaments does start first of may mm. to hard uh, to wrap Okay, so to wrap things up, uh, we had plenty of news. We hope you enjoyed the interesting gab or gab away. Talk shop. Yeah, talk shop, you know, chat under the water cooler, all that stuff. So anything you want to plug in before we wrap up? I'd like to invite everyone who's never watched Hearthstone to actually go and watch the, um, the World Cup. It's... It's really exciting and intriguing. It it's it's very strategy heavy, even while not necessarily being a traditional strategy game. It's very impressive to watch these folks who are at the top of the world compete and even if they have similar decks, how they're just able to outmaneuver each other with one card. I, I highly recommend it. It's one of my favorite esports. I always try to watch it, but I, I highly, highly recommend it. It is a fantastic game, fantastic to watch, and definitely pick up Hearthstone today if you haven't tried it, especially if you've played any more traditional card games like Magic the Gathering. It's 
very similar to that on if you played the wow trading card game back in the day it's it's vaguely based off of that and it's ever evolving and ever changing and it's they make it very new user friendly so you don't have to have you know five years worth of cards to be able to play yeah and because justine stole what i was gonna plug i'm just gonna tell everyone to go watch the g2 smashing of origin for the LEC finals. It's up on YouTube, it's up on Twitch. Go watch that. And that's pretty much it for this week. Next week, we will give you the results of Hearthstone and keep you up to date on any potential, and I guess in the case of Overwatch, any potential upsets. And coming up in either next week or the week after, we will be airing an interview with my friend Michael Dillon, a game developer and YouTuber um, who's going to be talking about balance and balancing mechanics to maintain gameplay. So stay tuned for that. Do check that out. Yeah. So for the Meta Weekly, I've been Pete. And I am J.A. Penrose. Stay tuned for next week. Have a good one.